Farmer Jones was getting tired of farming. Within his heart he had an urge to roam. He sold his farm one day so he could go out. I'm off for California for there's gold in them our hills. And we're back. Part two, Lucy, Mackenzie, Heather. No fun facts, no quotes. Let's dive right in. Yeah, so I think, um, ladies, I think one of the things that you guys, it's clear to us that you're super organized, right? And that you're super purposeful about what you do. Um, And I think that it also sounds like there's two approaches, right? There's this mass approach, then there's this customized approach. But no matter which approach you take, you're organized with it. I'd love to understand, like, what type of messaging or channels do you use most often? And that might be different. So, Lucy, for you, what are the main channels that you use to reach out to your prospects? Um, I do mail merges. I do send Bloom, obviously. And I also send, like, one-off messages for the companies that I don't want to put in a, in a generic merge. Okay. When you say one-off messages, what does that mean? So, like, the companies that uh, I... Like my top accounts, for example, the ones who uh, the ones who recently got a, like a ton of funding. Like I don't want to really put them into a generic campaign. Um, okay. I just don't want them to be unreceptive to my messages after being like bombarded with a lot of generic touches. Um, so okay. for those, I would reach out with a personalized message, probably on like a quarterly basis. Okay, you do that in email, or do you do it on email? Email, email, email. Okay. What about you, Mackenzie? What channels do you use uh, when you're reaching out to customers? Three ways, email, phone, and LinkedIn. For email, I will leverage SendBloom and one-off emailing and prioritizing quality over quantity and the messaging for both there, keeping it simple. No one likes long emails, so I structure those short emails based on like who I am, why we should connect, and then always having a call to action, but using assumptive language such as, you know, talk soon, or would this make sense for us to continue the conversation? For one-offs, again, very manual, being diligent with follow-offs, but continuously layering in bits and pieces of of value-add, whether that be highlighting their current online spend, if they have open roles on their website, maybe they just had a brand change and and all that. Um, And then for phone, Quickest way to a yes or no, if we have the right numbers. So I'm always diligent of even out of office replies, keeping track of those phone numbers and then following up with those individuals. But my goal with any phone call is to get time on the calendar. I am not prepared to disco someone in a cold call and they are not prepared to speak with me either. So that is a waste of time, in my opinion. I'll push that to a calendar so we're both prepared. And then lastly, with LinkedIn, I will continuously be adding people to my to my network, reaching out who I am. I'll send the occasional emails, but primarily just connecting with them. And then once a week, I will go through my LinkedIn connections and reach out if I've not heard from them yet. Okay. So you talked a little bit about your messaging because you talked a little bit about like your emails and how the content is brief. Um, can you share with us what you mean by that? Like, tell me a little bit more about that. What, what is each email look like? Yeah. How long is it a sentence? Is it two sentences? And is it something specific about the company? What kind of content do you have involved in that email? I think about tiers of, of prioritization in a sense of like, what would I reply to an email? And typically if it's customized based on me, so on like them, 
And if I can't find information on them, then let's pivot to their role. Like what is someone as an HR manager going to care about that's going to get them to reply to my email? And the last piece is the company, whether that be specific to them or the industry. So thinking about how I can layer it that way is really important for some of those, again, top accounts of one-off emails. Otherwise, I keep it pretty relevant just to, hey, I'm your talent partner at LinkedIn for all things talent strategy, recruitment to retention, and then asking like, you know, are you hiring or having some sort of question in there and trying to understand, again, what is relevant to them based on those three tiers? And lastly, the call to action. As a follow-up email, very simple. Did you see this email? Something like that. And then continuously valuing or adding more value from information that I find online. But again, the biggest part here, it's not necessarily, I would say, the messaging, but more so staying diligent to the following up and adding in different, different layers to that. So you you added an interesting point. What is something you might read about a company that you might share with the prospect? Open roles on website, funding, um, new change in leadership, or perhaps just a new role. If someone exits a company, I get excited that well, that's relevant to the company. I get excited to then find who's going to replace them, whether that be a month or two months out. So something like that. Um, but that comes down to allocating time to research as well for, for those accounts. What about for you, Lucy? What, what is there anything you build out when you're using an email or any kind of content that you think really resonates when you're talking to a customer? Um, I've done like industry specific merges before. Um, the industries that we do well with um, would be like you know the construction sector, financial services, tech. Um, so uh, if there's been a lot of attrition from like one of their competitors, that's like something that I can leverage and say like, hey, like you know sure you've noticed this, but like this is how you can leverage LinkedIn to get in front of the talent that you really want, um, so on and so forth. And also referencing like press releases from like if the CEO talks about like, oh, we're the big priority right now is growth in this area or whatever. Like that's also something that you can reference to just show that you clearly are trying to speak with them and it's not another generic touch and that you are a real person behind this message. Okay, so quick question for both of you. You've both identified that like you reach out with really thoughtful messaging when the prospect is tier one. I think that's clear, right? Um, how many messages will you send a prospect before you get I, up? My first campaign will usually be like six touches. So I'll usually do a mail merge as like my first touch. And that's just a generic, hey, this is my role. This is why I'm reaching out. Do you have time? Is there a need? Like that's what it is. And every account of mine would get that outreach from me. Um, and that is probably like the most effective message to send. Um, and I will send that, that like generic touch on like a quarterly basis, even if they say no, because no just means no for right now. There's not a need right now, but that could change from quarter to quarter. Okay, so you have a six touch kind of campaign that goes out the first time. What happens if they don't respond in those six touches, but you still want to talk to them? Probably would um, wait at least a month. Okay. Uh, yeah, wait at least a month and then uh, put them probably into like a separate campaign. Again, the first touch would be a mail merge. Um, and then I also feel like mail merges are less likely to go into someone's spam. That could just be me. I don't know. I haven't really like looked too closely into that, but I just assume that is the case. Um, so I try to do at least one mail merge touch out of my campaign and the rest would be sent bloom. 
So it's like mail merge then bloom. What about yeah. you, Mackenzie, when you're doing a little bit more customized? Like what how many emails would you send a prospector? How many times do you put them in the calendar to follow up with before you yep? So for manual one-off emails, I'll do a seven-touch cadence. The first is a you know, either a little bit more customized or an intro. The second is a follow-up. And then I'll go throughout those seven steps, typically within around five, six weeks. Um, I typically keep a bigger space and timeline between those last few steps just to make sure that I'm missing anything. Uh, as Lucy said earlier, like any response is a good thing, especially if that's no. Awesome. Like, why is that a no? I don't know. I'll try to ask on email. And if not, I'm writing a reach back out note to check back in in three months. So when I do this, again, it's important to keep track of the emails and who I've sent a one-off to today, and then copy and pasting those emails to make sure I have that as a follow-up and an action item for myself two days later. It's a very manual follow-up process, but that's typically where I, I see the highest response rate as well. Okay. And so it sounds like for both of you, this happens over maybe a, a, seven, a six to seven week period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, when do you stop? If I don't hear back within that seven week frame, I give it around 60, 60 days or even a month with 1800 accounts. I, I try to hit those accounts at least once throughout the half, and then we'll recycle them in different messaging for different quarters or for the, um, the next half. But again, being very mindful of any response back, and then we'll follow up with them depending on their response. What about you, Lucy? Um, I will put someone back into a campaign if they tell me they're not interested, but if they are very much, if they're very aggressive about it, then yeah, I probably want to reach out to them again, unless they are actually the person I need to talk to. Okay. And then if they are the person you need to talk to? If they are the person I need to talk to, that's when I can leverage like my SD. I can leverage like my manager because it all is going to come back to me anyway. It's just um, clearly there's a reason why they're not interested at this point in time. And I feel like a lot of the times they've had previous conversations with LinkedIn and they've just written us off. So, um, yeah, there's, or you can wait until they get replaced. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mackenzie, I'm curious, how do you use the phone? When you think about the phone, how do you use it? Yeah. Again, quickest way to a, to a yes or no. And so I'll look at, phone as just another way to multi-thread and I'll look at it just as again the end goal for if it's to land a disco it's to land that disco it's high level hey I'd love to connect with you would you be open to finding some time on the calendar and secondly if it's more of a deal cycle call it's a different conversation but just using it at all I think is a is a huge win and something that sticks out I'm very mindful of you know our names can pop up on cell phones now and, and not double dialing and all that um, once I send a phone call, if I reach their voicemail, awesome. I'm leaving a voicemail and sending them an email that I just left them a voicemail because having that in the subject line also shows that you're, you're reaching out and that you need to get in touch with them. How often do you think you do that? I hope to cold call at least twice a week. I always allocate 30 minutes for it. It's hit or miss on how many connects I get, which will always influence the amount of dials I make. But the goal is to reach at least 10 people by phone each week. Okay. Do you uh, do you prepare for the blitz? Like, do you have a list of things you're going to reach out to and why? Yeah, every outreach I do has a purpose. And so for myself, I hold myself accountable for why I'm reaching out to that person. I am not going to call someone if I don't know why I'm calling them. So if that is my top account, I should know that inside and out. If it's one of my other accounts, 
My goal is to land that disco and keeping it very high level, but there's still going to be bits and pieces of information that I need to know. I want to make sure I'm confident and clear with them on why I'm reaching out and, and frankly, interrupting their day. What about you, Lucy? Do you ever use the phone or do you find that you use the phone more or less? I've definitely used the phone less. Um, kudos to Mackenzie for, because it is very effective. Um, it's something that we should all be doing more for sure. I know that. Um, but realistically, no, <laughs> I don't do it as often as I should. Uh, we appreciate the candor and honesty. Tell me, guys, um, what about subject lines? How much do you think into this or how much thought do you put in? Do you have a subject line that you think works better for you or doesn't? My first touch is always just LinkedIn intro. Um, and I feel like my second most effective touch would be not interested, question mark. <laughs> okay. What yeah. about you? What about I, I love intro, whether that be just LinkedIn, you know, slash the company's name intro. I've also sometimes will do bracket action, bracket like response or interested. I do that with order forms as well. So individuals know like, oh, I need to action this. I need to read this. And then again, following up from a voicemail, I always do left you a voicemail hyphen LinkedIn. So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, guys, I think that that shares a lot. Um, do you change what you're asking for from the customers? When I'm always just asking for time. My, I have, if I have questions in there, it's two questions. Are you hiring? <laughs> and um, the call to action would just be schedule a time with me directly through my signature or let me know your availability. Okay. What about you, Mackenzie? Yeah, I, I say, would it make sense for us to, to connect and review further? I think, are you hiring is great, but also are you planning to hire, especially right now? There's a lot of prep and planning that goes into the new year. So if they're not hiring today, at some point are they they will be. And how are they thinking about maintaining and, and keeping their employees too? Um what about sales navigator? How do you guys think about this? Do you use it a lot? Do you find yourself like we talked a little bit about contact sourcing? You know, what are some of the titles that you are like? No, this person's getting a message. Um, ideally, if they have a CHRO, obviously chief people officer, VP of HR, HR manager, HR generalist, even. Um, I try not to contact like the lowest person on the totem pole unless I absolutely have to. Um, like because I feel like normally I will get pushed down to them anyway. Um, I will contact just about anyone in the C-suite. During the initial merge, I probably would avoid reaching out to the CEO because I feel like at my accounts, there's probably someone that is in charge of recruitment and it doesn't have to involve the CEO until, unless like they're the decision maker. And then I will loop that person in when there's like a proposal involved, but they wouldn't be part of my generic merges. Uh, what about you, Mackenzie? I leverage sales now for contact sourcing, especially for, for companies that have a few more employees and they have C-suite and people operations and head of HRs. Those are the individuals that I will spend the time and send quality messages to. Otherwise, if I, if I can't get a hold of them, I, I will go a little bit lower down and then I'll try to position it more as a champion. So how can I help you? 
um, and kind of building up the chain that way and getting bits and pieces of information, even from lower titles to then leverage that and messaging to some of those bigger decision maker titles is, is really important and something that is still really valuable. But I mostly leverage sales now just for contact sourcing um, and keeping up to date with some accounts, but I do not leverage it as much as I should be. Okay. So question, guys, you both said that you do a lot of time spending contact sourcing and you both said we don't trust the dynamics data. We use Prospect Finder. We use Sales Navigator. Use this great tool called LinkedIn, I'm sure. What else? Um, Lucy, you said websites. Is that something that you find yourself checking often? Yeah, I. whenever I'm going to any of my accounts, I will always check out their website uh, because, you know, not everyone has a LinkedIn profile, unfortunately. <laughs> but they, if if they're worth talking to, they're probably on the website somewhere. Um, I find that more so with like my current accounts, but like as a, as a one, a lot of these companies have not the best websites. Um, but I also feel like uh, their, their web presence is a good indicator of whether or not they would care about branding. What about you, Mackenzie? Yeah, I, I think looking at websites is incredibly important and also just to like weed it out if it's not going to be a great account. Ultimately, our time is money and I don't want to be allocating my time to accounts if there's not potential for them to be um, even considering LinkedIn. So leveraging the website, their LinkedIn page. Occasionally, I'll look at their social media handles, whether it be just through TikTok or yeah, TikTok occasionally actually, um, but mostly like Instagram and just general other websites that pop up. Okay. I mean, that, that's super helpful, ladies. I think we can we can both um, agree that you guys are super organized, you're super focused. I love the idea of color coding. I love being able to look at your calendar and say, I don't have enough yellow. I don't have enough green. Um, I think that puts a little bit more pep in your step and purpose. Uh, and we appreciate you sharing all these tips, tricks, and, and insights with us. Uh, de definitely something that you guys crushed last, last fiscal year and continue to lead the charge in terms of self-source revenue. Two last questions for you. Lucy, do you know how many emails you send on average, like per year? So if I have five contacts and 500 accounts and I send at, on average 15 emails over the course of the year to each person, that would be my answer. Okay. So probably around 50,000. Yep. That's my answer. Cool. Yeah. And then Mackenzie, have you, I know you're, you're still in month 10 now. Well, that's appropriate. Do you have an average of how many emails you're sending on average? Definitely a loaded question there, Chris. Um, but with 1800 accounts, let's say that I'm hopefully going to be reaching out to at least 1200 of those um throughout the again probably twice a year at least i'd say at least upwards of probably 50 80,000 for sure i think my volume may be a little bit less just because again i prioritize quality emails over quantity of emails between both sendbloom and one offs okay and the last question we asked them i want to make sure we clear the air on this just in case we want to include it lucy do you have a better book than your peers Absolutely not. Mackenzie, is your book better than uh, your peers? Definitely. No. <laughs> I think the book is why you make it. So it's all about just getting in there and staying consistent with prospecting. I'm a big believer in prospecting as I watch reality TV show, different shows that are going on. I am a Bravo expert, I think now, um, but that also just allows me the time to, to be getting those contacts out as well. So 
comes down to just diving into the book. I think we all have very equal books for sure. I think yeah. what, what, you know, what we hear from them, Chris, and I think what's probably important is um, they spend the most time where they think there's the most opportunity. Yeah. And that's something you heard from everybody we talked to, whether it was Pickens, Scott, Lucy, McKenzie, you spend the most time where you think there's the most opportunity, where you see the value based on the jobs on the website, the type of jobs there are, the contact, the size of the organization, um, the funding, the initiatives, the, the press releases, whatever it is pointing you in the direction of there's opportunity and you put the effort in where there is. Um, so I think that's a huge takeaway and we appreciate the time. All right, you're both heroes. We appreciate you and your peers will appreciate you sharing. Good luck out there. I will see you all soon. Thanks, Chris. Bye, Lucy. Bye. Thank you again to Heather, Lucy, and Mackenzie for sharing their ability to generate self-sourced pipeline. It's very important that we get feedback on these podcasts and if they're a good use of everyone's time, both yours as a listener and ours as the producers and showrunners. You have a survey, please complete it. Help us refine, determine if we want to keep bringing these to you all. Good luck. Happy holidays. See you all soon. Hello, Bill. Where are you going to that pick? Well, I think things not so good here, and I'm going to take this old pick, and I'm going out to California. Going out there, and I'm going to dig some money right out of that soil. So long, Bill. So long, Pete. Bye.